Welcome to episode 23 of Design Much, how to break down a large project featuring Eric Averill. Anyway, that would be a good, good stuff. That'd be a good thing to, to have one day, have one of those episodes. But Eric, we want to thank you for coming on. Of course. Um, I think it's happy a, to be here. Yeah, we're really happy to have you. And I think it's a really great topic. Um, today we're going to talk about how to break down large projects. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. So to, to start off, Eric. Like, are we talking mm-hmm. about large projects at your house, Eric? I have a few large ones at my house yeah. I need to get done. Yeah. A lot of landscaping lot projects. Of landscaping yeah. Projects. Front yeah. and backyard. Yeah. Yeah. But just to let our listeners know so. it's not it's not we're not talking to Eric the handyman, we're talking to Eric <laughs> the product manager. Yeah, we'll we'll have some handy questions <laughs> um, afterwards, I think. Yeah. 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 But I like that. But speaking mostly about breaking down large projects to build software projects. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So clear. And being part of Design Much, I did assume that our users would think it's about software, but I, what do I know, right? There could be interior <laughs> designers listening right now. There could know. be, yeah. It's called Design Much. It's not called Design Software Much. <laughs> design Much Software? Could yeah, be a question. Maybe we should change it. <laughs> <laughs> the question mark is silent, actually. Oh. <laughs> Just it's implied. Implied, right? okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you brief him, Patrick? Gosh, <laughs> well, just, I am feeling yeah. out of place There's right now. No training right now. <laughs> Fish out of water. <laughs> so, <laughs> Eric, um, what are the benefits of actually breaking down a large project? Yeah, there there are a ton of benefits in my mind, um, just through some experience. So, kind of like before I even go to breaking it down, like a large project. Um, I, I would say the first thing you have to do is make sure your team has been involved from the absolute beginning with research, understanding what this big problem is that you're trying to solve and which in, in a lot of times requires a big project mm-hmm. to result, to solve a really big project, a really big problem. And so as, as long as they understand and have heard the feedback and have heard the problem firsthand from our users, then, um, then that, that really sets the groundwork of um, making a large project a lot easier to get done. Um, so at that, like given that kind of as the foundation, I'd say breaking it down, um, it makes it uh, the project, well, what's the word, just a lot more consumable. They, they have um, little wins along the way. Whether those wins actually get shipped to the customer right then as soon as it's done or if you know it, you have to wait until milestone one, two, and three are done before you ship, the fact that there's you start something and you can finish something um, in a decent time frame, a couple weeks, and ship that to production behind a feature toggle or have it ready to go, once milestones two and three are done, if those are needed before you ship, then it, it, it allows that momentum. It kind of keeps the momentum going. It, it gives them something to look forward to and like some closure mm-hmm. on one element of the project. I like that a lot. And I like how you said like you have to involve them at the very beginning of that project. Yeah. Um, 
So it sounds like they have to have a good idea of the, the broad vision of what they're trying to accomplish. And as you break those down, a question going along those lines, how do you, how do you ensure that that vision is still in place if you've broken it out into so many small chunks? And you mentioned it's kind of like a two-week chunk. Yeah. It sounds like. Uh-huh. How do you make sure that that vision is still something that your team is, is still seeing? Yeah. So those, um, those chunks, I, I tend to put them all onto just an easy Google Doc. Like, here's chunk one high-level stuff that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So it's very consumable. You can go in, you read a few sentences, and you know what the end product or end result is for that milestone. And then they can easily see two, three, four, five, and six. And then at the end, they see, oh, this is, this is the end goal that we're going for. So making sure they don't just see milestone one in a silo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why are we even doing this? It's very easy to have that like thought of why are we doing this? This is like there's no value or whatever because they need to see three, four, and five, six, seven, eight all together to awesome. get that to keep the vision awesome. alive. So they need to see it as part of the big picture. Yeah, they need to see all of it together. Right? See all of it together, and and then they can easily reference that document throughout the process. Oh, that's great. I like that a lot. So um, how do you know? So you get a project. How do you know this project needs to be broken up? At what size does it need to be? So you can start breaking it. So um, I I try to break it down as as much as possible. Actually, okay. Um, there's a few ways I go about doing it. So even if it's a like a six week project, for instance, I do try to break that up even into a week week chunks or two weeks, three weeks, even if it's just a two step or a two milestone project. Um, I do that for a number of reasons. Um, or, yeah, I, I don't know if there's a like a perfect size project to know like, okay, yeah, we're going to break this up. Or no, we don't need to break it up. Or this will be broken up into three steps. It's um, There's a lot of back and forth with the team to decide how to break it up. I usually do a first stab at it just to like get people thinking through the 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 problem or the the process of breaking it up Mm -hmm. and i present that to them of like hey here are the three steps that me and probably my my product the product designer i'm working with chelsea have thought about how we can break this up and then we get their feedback on it of like oh yeah that you know milestone one and two those are actually it'd be better if we do those together so let's just morph that into one Hmm. and then that'll be milestone one or, ooh, milestone three, that's that's actually huge. That's really big. And I think there's a good spot here where we can break that up to, to make it into two milestones instead mm-hmm. of just one. So um, we kind of turned it in the breaking, the breaking a project up into a team activity um, so that they they have say in it. And and in the end, too, they kind of get an idea of like, okay, so that that chunk will probably take a week or two. This chunk will take three weeks. That chunk will take one. Um, and then they have a little more say in the amount of work that's going to be coming their way. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that a lot. And so you mentioned like you're, you're involving your team and there's yeah. a lot of people. So you, you'll take the first stab and then you'll bring it as a team and break it up together. Uh-huh. So for those who may not work like we do, it can't be work in squads of you know product manager designer developers qa um would that be everybody that's involved with that team is there any difference and do you involve anybody else in that um let's see i'm 
trying to think if I have involved anyone else. I, I tend to, um, once the team has kind of looked it over and we've decided this is what we want to do, I do, I will go to some other stakeholders, whether it's, uh, you know, VP of engineering or product, the, my manager, whoever it is, and just say, this is what we're thinking of doing okay. here and get their feedback on it. Um, but it's usually at that point, it's kind of like, this is what we've agreed to do. Mm-hmm. Just look okay to you. And they're usually fine with it. But um, yeah, I tend to just loop them in so they have an idea of of how the project's actually going to get done and when releases along the way might be taking place. Yeah. Just so they have an idea. Awesome. That's great. Does that help you to inform like the marketing team too? It does. Actually, yeah. So when uh, we meet on a, it's like every two weeks with them, we do talk about um, when certain milestones will be completed. And those are, a lot of the times are kind of internal releases. Those milestones are, they aren't necessarily customer facing, but they at least know that, oh, miles at the end of milestone four, we're gonna ship this to production. And right now we're at two. So that's just helpful to know. Mm-hmm. Then they have they can get their collateral and marketing materials put together. Yeah, they just have an idea. Yeah, they just have an idea. That's great. Um, so let's dive in a little bit more to like the tools, kind of what what you use in order to make that process a little bit easier. So can you describe what you currently use? Yeah. Um, to make that happen. Yeah. So um, I started out. We we were using sticky notes and. Um, they, they worked like w- when we mapped everything out, kind of did the customer journey or the narrative with the team to de- define, hey, this is the whole project that we're going to be working on. Um, and then you can kind of move things around. It, it worked OK, but then I, I found or someone introduced it to me, the stories on board software, mm-hmm. which is basically just online sticky notes that are very catered to kind of that that backbone of um, mapping out a, a customer journey or story mapping um, everything that's needed for a project. And so I've moved to using that online. It's very easy to just move around. It's not like as wasteful either. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, everyone can have access to it. They could just pull it up. I can share the board with them and they can view it. And uh, it's not like just taking up a bunch of wall space, which at times it's nice to have it in your face mm-hmm. and you can see things. And I, I totally get that. But our team has has gravitated more towards just want to pull it up on their computer and see it there. Um, awesome. So. And so do you, you lay down on stories within stories on board? I do. Do you allow your team to also make changes? Um, are they able to drag and drop things around as well? So um, they they could. Right now they, they don't. Um, some of them care a little bit more, others don't. They're like, okay, that you know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or, or we did that activity together and we moved them around together. And so we kind of have figured out what it's gonna look like. Okay. Um, so they are part of it. And then after we've kind of gone through that exercise, they usually don't look at it again or move things around again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, and then at that point, it's nice because I just push those cards and I break, I break up the cards there into milestones as well. Um, so then they can see that, oh, okay, here's the first chunk, second chunk, third, but then I push those cards into JIRA 
where they actually start working on them. And there's like an integration there, right? Yeah. So you're not just, you know, copying, pasting and creating new stuff. You actually just able to push it right on over. Yep. And Which is super nice. That's awesome. It's way, way nice. And it syncs. So if I change something like the title or the acceptance criteria in either software, Jira or Stories on Board, they, they sync up. Okay. That's awesome. And so yeah. that use story, Stories on Board is what it sounds like for your kind of initial phase mm-hmm. and d- defining everything into milestones. Yep. And then you're pushing it into Jira. And at that point, are, do you already have the, the acceptance criteria all laid out or is it more you're doing that more in detail in Jira? So I, I, do, I pretty much do everything with acceptance criteria and milestone chunking in stories on board. Really? Yeah. And then I push it to Jira once it's ready to go. I, I just, I don't like using Jira to manage that stuff. Our podcast <laughs> is sponsored by Jira. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, it's it's okay. <laughs> I do use it. Because I'm most sponsored by Atlassian, maker of workflow products. Does, does uh, when you do get ready, for, when you're in stories on board, uh-huh. when you're in stories on board, do you, when you have all that stuff in stories on board, when you convert it to, is that a manual process? Converted Jira's or an integration or anything like that? Yeah, so there's, I can pick a card and just say, push this single card to Jira if I want. Oh, cool. <laughs> or there's a, an option, so you can chunk it up into releases. So maybe I have five cards in this one release, and then I can say, hey, push all five cards. Like this release is okay. ready, so just push them all, and, and then, then it it'll go. It generates the cards for you in Jira. Yep. Yeah, you map it oh, to the cool. project in Jira that you've created, and then and it, it goes to your backlog, and then I just move them into the, the active yeah. sprint that we have in Jira. So it's really like it is super simple because visually I see I can see where these cards align with this with the journey, mm-hmm. the customer journey. That's just that's how I want to see it because once it gets into Jira, it's just a column of cards. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you kind of lose that context. Like a backlog or a, yeah, yeah. And so you lose that context a little bit. So it's nice to go back to stories on board and see the context and like where you are in that that journey and then um and then in jira it's just like things are getting done they'll just can you guys then reference the stories on board from jira then like um do they have to open up jira and kind of find it or is there a connection between the two so that's that's a good question i know if they there i don't believe there's a link to like spin up stories on board from jira um i don't think there is yeah yeah i'd have to look into that but the names would be, I mean, the name is still, you know, add, yeah. upload button. That's the exactly. Same thing, so. Everything's the same. Yeah. Awesome. And so when you're, when you're breaking down this project and you have this all laid out in milestones, you have it in stories on board. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have design ready at that point? Or is design something that's going to come like just before those milestones are ready? How does that work? Yeah. Great question. So I usually, I'll put a link. So um, I'll put a link to the the mock in the acceptance criteria in stories on board Mm -hmm. and i'll have at least hey mocks are ready cards are ready for this milestone i'm going to push it to jira now okay so everything from a design side might not be done for milestone two three or four yet Mm -hmm. but we know everything's ready for one so we'll just start working on one um the team for the most part has seen what we've done for milestone two three and four 
Um, but they just know that it's still kind of in flux a little. Like, there could be some changes, but they have an, a general idea of what it what it is. Okay. Nice. And, so stories on board kind of at that point becomes a staging area for development. Then. Yeah, totally. That, that's my that's my staging oh, that's area. Pretty, it's pretty cool. It's my staging area. Yep. That's where you're yep. putting on the fireproof suit. Put yeah. Hat, jumping in the car. That's exactly it. I like ready that. To get, ready to get pushed over to the track. <laughs> that's right. That was a golf analogy for you guys. It was golf. Oh, golf. Golf. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, golfing in that fireproof makes sense suits. Now. That's good. For um, when the alligators come and get you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the fire-breathing alligators. <laughs> Aren't those dragons? <laughs> they might be. I don't know. It depends on what uh, part of the country you're from. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's awesome. So breaking down, breaking this down, at what point of the product, the entire product process, does this uh -huh. happen for you? It sounds like you've done some research. Yes. Initially to have the idea to break this out into milestones. Yep. Yeah. So I kind of very, very early on, I'll, I'll jump, we'll jump into stories on board. We'll start putting in the general ideas, kind of creating the stories okay. and plopping them in with no acceptance criteria. It's just high level ideas. Here they are. Um, and then once we've identified kind of the, maybe the Ferrari product at the end, like this would be all the bells and whistles. We've, we've thrown it all onto stories on board. Mm -hmm. It's all there. Um, I then go through it and kind of identify what is going to be part of the MVP, like what what will be part of the first customer facing release. So then I start moving cards out that aren't going to be part of that. I just move them into like a later release in the same board. Hmm. And I start moving those out and then start getting feedback from the team too around like, okay, is this like a must have? Is this a nice to have? And we, we, we have all the must haves in there and we trickle in, sprinkle in kind of the, the nice to haves and some of the delighter features we feel we need. So once we've come to an agreement on what that MVP is going to look like, then we chunk it into milestones. So it's kind of a, a multi-tiered process yeah. of here's everything that we would love to have. It might take you know 18 months to do all of this, um, but let's just identify it all and then start peeling stuff back and then start chunking it up. Awesome. So, yeah. So within your team, so before you're having those like team meetings to define everything and um, before you're even pushing it to JIRA, who, who is owning this process and who's taking part in this process before, you know, the entire team is involved? Yeah. So um, I would say it's, um, I, I definitely as the product manager spearhead it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the product designer, um, Chelsea, she's, she's definitely involved the entire time. Um, and at times we've been better at this than others, um, at other times, but, um, for a large project, definitely need Chelsea involved the whole time. Cause then we're, she's also uses those cards from a design standpoint. Like here's the story I need to now design to meet these requirements for this story. Yeah. Um, so making sure she knows what that is helps a lot along the process as well. So she's involved a lot. Um, and then the rest of the team, 
um, gets involved just at more higher level stuff. It's usually higher level th- discussions. And then once acceptance criteria starts emerging and we start adding that to the cards, um, we have a lot of side conversations with development to say, hey, how difficult would it be if we added this little feature? Okay. Um, and that helps us decide, should we include it or not? Like, is it really needed? Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's a lot of, uh, so yeah, PM, I would say I kind of own the process. Chelsea's heavily involved from in all the details. And then we pull in engineering as needed. Awesome. So, yeah. That's really kinda. cool. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your personal experience then in terms of breaking down pro- projects. Yeah. So this is this is your process now. Mm-hmm. What has it been like in the past? So what have been the differences between um, you breaking down a project the way you do it now versus not breaking down projects? <laughs> As I, I'm guessing you may have done in the past. I'm not sure. Yeah. No. Um, the problem is, is like, there's no, when you've got 40 cards that are part of this project and you dump them all in and then engineers just like grab whatever looks easiest, there's, you lose a ton of efficiency from a development standpoint because, you know, this guy might be working on something that we're not going to need for a while or it's really (laughs) dependent on this other thing that, Uh you know, the front end doesn't know about yet. Mm -hmm. And so... It's, um, it's, it's a mess when you throw everything in at once and just assume or hope that they're going to start working on it in a, like a, in an efficient way. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Just a a grab bag. It's just grab it. And like, and it's kind of a Frankenstein, like there's not a lot of coordination happening and it, and it's almost, and at times it's, it's, it's kind of defeating because it's like, oh, there's so much to do. Mm -hmm. And we've allotted eight weeks to get this done. And that just seems so long to be working on something that there's not a lot of direction. So, yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. And so your experience was actually, they would, your your developers would grab the easiest thing first. Usually. Really? Yeah. They just see like, Oh, I can take care of that. Or I can do that. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and then tackle it. So, um, which, you know, luckily we only probably did that once and we just realized this isn't, this isn't good. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we, we quickly changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You learned your lesson. Quickly. Learned a lesson. Definitely. <laughs> it was just too much to take in. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a great example. So what else? Um, so when, when you've gone through your process now, what can make or break an actual breakdown? Is there something that you try to avoid during your process so we don't run into lots of problems down the line? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, again, kind of coming back to the problem is if if a milestone is is considered too big, that's it's a, uh, that is a problem. It breaks things down. It slows them down. Mm-hmm. It kind of you lose momentum or the excitement. So if a milestone in and of itself takes longer than four weeks, it's kind of, it's a bit of a problem for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, making sure that they're in that two to three week sweet spot is ideal. Um, So if you notice any of those big ones, like making their way in to you chunking things up, just 
you gotta you gotta fix that um let's see um trying to think if there's anything else that kind of red flags along the way um Um, another one too is is if any feature that you're working on is dependent on another on another squad to coordinate with that other team mm -hmm. very early so that the, you know when they will be ready to work on it so you're not like twiddling your thumbs. So if if you're going to start working on something that you need help from squad A um, and they're not ready to start working on it, then you need to start just rearrange the order start rearranging it so that it co your timeline coincides with theirs. So that's another another kind of thing to look for when chunking things up is yeah. making sure you're, there's not a ton of dependencies um, that other teams need to work on mm -hmm. that you're going to be waiting on. Like f front end it with everything you can that you can just do on your own while the other team like frees up. That makes sense. Otherwise you're just blocked and yeah. you're just hanging out waiting for stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that's great. So um, in terms of um, for others who are currently not doing this process of breaking down large projects, uh -huh. how would you recommend they get started in doing this? Yeah. Um, I just, just try, just try it. That's, that's how I kind of got into it was, Hey, this is this, big project we need to do. This is the outcome we want. This is the problem we're solving at the end of all of this. How would I go about breaking it up and just try it? Mm -hmm. um, and, and then get some feedback from others that are maybe close to the project to understand what needs to happen um, and just give it a shot. Um, that's, that's how I approached it at least was I just had to get my hands dirty and maybe learn the hard way. Okay, so it was kind of trial and error for you. It was for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then when breaking down, when breaking down the project, you do you break them down through kind of a narrative or a user path, right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> yep. there's 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 obviously you could break it down in other ways, <clears throat> or you could uh, you could set up those tasks in other ways. But yeah. But using the narrative works for you then. It does. Um, it does to excuse me, to get the initial scope of everything out there. And then I would say there's been times with, say, for instance, our, um, our calendar integration that we had. Um, we had a milestone that was just dedicated to how to connect your calendar to Canopy. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the milestone. Was, this is how you go about connecting it. This is the flow. And so at the end of that milestone, we now have a nice deliverable completed experience of starting with no calendar to connecting your calendar. Now that just the fact that you connected it doesn't mean you can actually use it. It's yeah. just, it's connected now. And now the next milestone is now I can view my calendar events on the day view only. That's what we're going to focus on. It's just the day view of your events. Um, and then, expanding on that of like, okay, now we can see the week view and the month view and then the year view. And, and each one of those was its own little milestone, um, which was, which was a part of that narrative, right? I want to be able to view my calendars on a day, my events on a day view, on a week view, on a month view. And so it, 
it provided a lot of uh, like guidance and breaking it up by using the narrative. Awesome. So I like yeah. that too because it keeps the user always involved. Like your development team is constantly thinking about the user when they're building because their whole entire work schedule, right, is mm -hmm. mapped out based on what can be released to the user. Yeah. Rather than building something for whatever reason and just releasing it because we built it. Exactly. So. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks. It's it's been a it's been a process and it's been fun to get, and like I definitely do not get it right every time, which is why talking with your team is so important. Like I had on our last project, which was a white labeled project, a custom branding project, I had six milestones. And after showing it to the team, you know, one of, someone on the team said, well, what if we just took three, four and five or yeah, three, four, five and six and made those one, two, three, four. And then we do these others. And we and it made complete sense. We were actually able to move a lot faster. We were able to ship something sooner, which helped us starting to generate revenue off of this feature. And like I was totally, totally blind to thinking of switching them, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous looking back of how. But it was very like it made complete sense. And so we switched it, and it worked out. So yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. Of like, get it in front of your team. And uh, I always take the first stab to just get things churning. Because if it's like, well, let's talk about how we can break this up, like nothing will happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to start with something and then we can blow it up if we need to. But mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. great. I can see how that can be really helpful. Having that, that um, constant feedback from your team. Um, can definitely help the whole process be more refined in terms of breaking down a certain project, right? Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of our calendar project, which was a five-and-a-half-month project, which is pretty long, yeah. um, uh, maybe a little too long in some standards, is towards the end, like, some of the engineers, you could just see it on their face that they were, they were done with this. <laughs> they were just tired of it. And they were so close, um, but that... that feeling could come a lot sooner in the process too mm -hmm. if there's not wins along the way and so um towards the end there it was like you could see it it was just they were so tired of doing this they just wanted to be done um but luckily that happened towards the end instead of like in the middle <laughs> <laughs> well going back to the golf analogy you know you gotta you gotta win the race one lap at a time that's right so yeah yeah that's you don't you don't true. win the race by like concentrating on the entire race. That's right. You, know? it, you, yeah. you win the golf tournament one by lap at a time. Focusing on one lap at a time. Yeah, I think Tiger Woods said that, right? I, th I think so. I think it was Tiger Woods. It was Michael Jordan, actually. Oh, was it Michael Jordan? Yeah, he oh, was a great was. golfer. Yeah, he was yeah. a fantastic golfer. It was. Rip. <laughs> I wish he never retired. He had that awkward from phase from yeah. golf when he retired and. Came back, yeah. but well, then he did. Then he did. Uh, then he did. Uh, he did the win the Winter Olympics, right? For, <laughs> That's right. For a it was, he was okay. Yeah, bobsled team. Bobsled team driver, I think. Yeah, he was way too big to fit in that bobsled, yeah. though. Well, because Pippen was sitting in front of him. Right? <laughs> 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 
man. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Podcast. Yeah. This is good. Thanks, guys. It's been been awesome to be a part of this. I'm I'm honored to be a part of it. Actually, I've been waiting a long time to get the invite. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. well, I appreciate it. Things like, I mean, we're talking about we're talking about rewriting history here. So, like, <laughs> we have to make sure that people are approved to come on the podcast. Yeah. The, the we do a background process. check. Yeah. And we vet. And mm-hmm. that's why I asked you all those rollerblading cl- questions. Uh, Sorry, inline skating questions. There you go. That's uh, better. Because, you know, we're doing, we're doing our due diligence, as they say. <laughs> this, is a, this is a class act here. I like yeah, it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 100% professional right here. So it's good. What was the what were the inline skating questions you had that he had to pass? Oh, I've been asking him inline skating questions for a year. For a year, yeah, yeah. Since we started the podcast, it's like we got to get Eric on, but there's some things we need to, to clarify here. So you weren't you weren't like able breaks, no breaks. What no do you what breaks, do you no breaks. That's right. If he's a guy who breaks, he can't come on the podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's not a professional. You use your body That's right. to stop. That's you just, right. You just start rolling. That's you how roll. you do it. It's the best way to stop. Technique. A lot more friction than a break. Yeah. You know. <laughs> a lot faster. Just lay down. You'll stop. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
from from Eric from Eric from Eric. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. I really enjoyed talking about breaking down projects with him, and he he mentioned like one of the big benefits to breaking down a project is the whole team can accomplish pieces of the project in smaller chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they don't have to release um, all of those chunks. So whether they're releasing them to the to the, the end user or rather whether they're releasing those small chunks behind feature toggles. Um, they get to work on it in like the required order that it needs to be accomplished. And um, I think that's really great. Um, also, he mentioned um, in order to keep everyone um, aware of the entire project and not just have just one small piece at a time, he makes it so the milestones or he breaks them up into milestones. He makes sure they're not alone. They're not siloed. Um, so they're presented and displayed all together in order of necessary completion at all times so that everyone can see what they're working on and why they're working on it. What what piece of this 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 um, work actually? How does it help the entire project? Yeah, you never lose the vision, right? Yeah, exactly. He's not losing the vision, even though the vision is not fully baked yet or mm-hmm. designed. Yeah, so I think that's really great. Um, he also mentions that like the owner of this process of breaking it down is primarily the the product manager. He's you know spearheading this. However, he's always working with the designer on all aspects. And I think that's really great as well because they're able to um, make sure they have the designs they need and as well as the development they need. So they're able to work on both sides of that to make sure the project gets completed mm-hmm. correctly. Um, and finally, um, he mentioned that he came to this current process that he's doing right now by trial and error. So if you want to get into actually um, you know, breaking down your projects a lot smaller, just try it out. Um, just see what works and see what doesn't. And as he did, he learned really quickly um, what doesn't work. So as mm-hmm. you try things out, you're going to fail at some aspects and you can really quickly learn how to make it better. Well, and he's not talking about a perfect process either. He's talking about a practical process. Yeah, right? definitely. Something that changes, he's learned from every time. Different projects require slightly different things, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I like that. It's a really practical process. It's not It's not crazy involved either. Yeah. He's using basically two tools, stories on board, which is just digital, it's, it's just digital post-it notes. Um, and then he's using Jira. I like that he talked about too. One thing I learned is that there's apparently a Jira plugin for stories on board, which is cool. Yeah. A connection there, an integration. I thought that was pretty cool because uh, I did it. I used stories on board once and I put tickets into Jira and I did them by hand. So that was interesting to actually find out that there's a there's an integration that you can just push them in. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the other the other thing is uh, that I like is just the whole idea that uh, stories on board is kind of a staging area for your for your product. Like it's kind of the staging area where you set everything up. You worry about the designs. You worry about how it's going to flow together. Um, you do all that kind of stuff before you kind of put it out there on the track to be built. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like get everything ready, get everything together before it's ready to go. Uh, I've been at other companies where we tried to do that with Jira and it didn't it didn't work really well um, because you want to do it based on user need. And so you have to break down your Kanban boards differently and stuff, and that mm-hmm. doesn't work real well. Um, so I like that idea that he was using uh, stories on board to kind of house the, 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 the output of the research. And then that's where you kind of do the staging and, you know, tie things up and, and get things ready to go. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then you can ship it to your development team to build it. Um, yeah, overall, that was a great conversation. Any conversation I have with Eric is a great conversation. Um, I don't know. He's, he's a good guy. And he's very talented. Like, I, don't, I haven't figured out. Uh, like, I'm not good at anything, Andy. You're not good at anything? No, I'm not good at anything. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay at most things. 
But I'm not good at anything. And Eric is the type of person that is good at everything he does. I've seen the guy canoe in Deer Creek. Okay. Like a master. Like a master <laughs> paddler, canoeer. I don't even know what you call somebody like that. Rower? I don't know. I've seen him cross Deer Creek in a canoe lightning speed. Super wow. good at it. I've seen him on rollerblades. On, oh, sorry. What are inline they? skates. Yeah, I get it right. Yeah, the guy's a master at inline skating. Uh, I've seen him on a bike. He's fantastic on a bike. He's fantastic at everything. Well, he's like Superman he's, without he's, the kryptonite. He's one of those guys. Yeah, that just excels at everything, and that's that's rough to be with one of those yeah. guys all the time. And he has no he has no personality flaws whatsoever. He's yeah. perfect that way. Like his hair's gorgeous. Like it's just he's one of those guys you're always jealous of, Andy. Well, I don't know about you. You're you're one of those. People I'm too, I'm but. jealous of him, especially that hair. I just want to run yeah. my finger. That's what I'll say. Yeah, he, I want to run my fingers through his hair. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, but did you know? Hey, Andy, did you know this episode sort of marks something special in the design munch? Something special. Yeah. What could it be? I know you thought it was Eric, but it's not really Eric. Yeah, I mean, we've been trying to get Eric on for a long time, so yeah. I figured that's what you were talking about. We've been trying to get him on for a year. Uh huh. An entire year. And then did you know we've been doing design much for a year? I did know that actually. Twenty three episodes. One year. That's not quite weekly. No. But uh we've been doing it for a year. <laughs> what did you get uh um what did you get on your first year anniversary here at Canopy? What, what did you get? <laughs> um I got <laughs> Um, congratulations, you've been here for a year, Slack message <laughs> at like 7 p.m. Yeah. That's what I got. <laughs> you didn't even get a balloon. No, I didn't, no, get, a I balloon. didn't get a balloon either. You didn't? Oh, the man. The new people get balloons now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that started a, a long a ways away. You didn't get a chocolate? I think I got a candy. I think I, I got a chocolate I, bar That's what I got. I got a Slack message. Yeah. Well, Which is, I, mean, I think least, it's pretty great. At least somebody thought about you yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. After they went home and went, oh, dang it. I forgot to post that. <clears throat> no, that's good. That's good. What did you get? You're, you're married. You're a married fellow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that okay to say that you're married? Yeah, it's fellow? okay to say that I'm married. I'm, I'm also married. What did you get on your, what was your uh, first year anniversary <laughs> at the Page household? That was, that was almost 10 years ago. I can't remember yeah, this stuff. You can't remember? No. Mine but, was almost 20 years ago, and I, I can't remember it all. Yeah, but I'm sure it was wonderful. Whatever it I'm was, I'm sure it was. What were you, what was your what was your hour? <laughs> my first year anniversary, my hourly pay was seven dollars <laughs> and seventy one cents an hour. Here at Canopy. Here at Canopy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get tips. No, I was I was uh I was in school. I was working at a landscaping company. Okay. On my first year anniversary. Nice. Nice. Really wasn't that long ago. Feels like it was forever ago. Yeah. So, one year, design much. What are we going to do now? I don't know what we're going to we do. We did one year's worth. Like, is it over? Is that how it works? Is that you do one year and then you just move on? I don't know. That's what other podcasts do, I feel like, sometimes. Well... We didn't. We didn't. Well, we didn't argue that much, Andy. We didn't fight that much. There were a couple of nasty blowups throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, Mostly I, because I think we made it. I, I think we've made. It. I think we've been. This has been a pretty good yeah. design much relationship. Mm-hmm. I think so for sure. 
we have we have uh, I think we have about ten listeners. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, we've been really so we've been really soaring up the yeah. charts. Charts. No, we, we've we've done pretty good. We get we get plenty of listeners. I think for a podcast, we didn't expect anybody to listen to mm-hmm. at the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going great, and it's been it's been great for me as a host, a co-host, because I've been learning a ton of things, mm-hmm. meeting a lot of great people, and just learning like um, different perspectives on stuff. So it's been it's been awesome for me. Yeah, I uh, I mean we had we had Ben Peck on, and he talked about their their critique process at Jane that they came up with as a team. Yeah, and uh, we've been we've modified it a little bit, but a lot of things have come out of that. For canopy, at least. Yeah, we've we've learned from that. and We've yeah. tried to implement it, and it's been it's been pretty great. Yeah, we do sure. most of it. We still do most of it. the The knock, the agreeance knock, is probably mm-hmm. the most popular thing that came out of that. Yeah, I do that in meetings that are not critiques. Now, <laughs> when somebody says stuff, I just go, and everybody looks at me. <laughs> I think one of our designers said that she does it at home yeah. when she's watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> um. We hired a podcast listener. Yes. At Canopy, Jason, yes. Jason Metzger, uh, which we need to have on the podcast soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a couple so, of crazy milestones. If you're a listener, watch out. We might We're hire coming you. after you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been it's been a it's been a crazy year it's been for crazy design year. much. I would say so. Patrick, could you tell me what has been one of your, your most favorite episodes of this last year? How do you, that's like picking a favorite child. This is easy. Uh, no, I don't know. I really like the Nate Sanders conversation about confirmation bias. Yeah. I haven't been able to stop thinking about confirmation bias since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've actually probably dove into it more and tried to understand it more. I've read a bunch of stuff since then. Um, I've tried to check myself. Um, we did a presentation. I did a little presentation, what I've kind of learned over the last six months here to the rest of our team at Canopy about confirmation bias. Um, that that one, I think, probably impacted me the most, I think, out of all of them. Just just the sheer, like, I, I didn't know enough about confirmation bias until we started talking to him about it. Um, and then since then, it just kind of kept snowballing for me. Just, I just, it's something I can't quite get out of my head anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm thinking yeah. about that all the time, um, for sure. Trying to think what what's my, I've I've enjoyed every single episode, um, so I, I think it, it, I mean enjoy doing them, meeting people. Mm-hmm. I think I've learned something from every episode. Um, I I wouldn't say I'd have like a favorite, really. Okay. Yeah, I mean I I'm right there with you. I, I think I've learned even if it's been small things, something from every episode. Um, I think. Thinking about one of my, my favorite episodes, I think a really fun episode is when we did that that front conference special episode. Mm, yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, we just got together and talked about all the things we learned from that conference, mm-hmm. and there was, was a lot of one. stuff to unpack from that. So I thought that was pretty helpful. Um, and then of course, you can't you can't not mention the Halloween special. Oh yeah, because we had to go up in the mountains. We had to rent a truck because yeah. none of us could get up that high in the mountains without the truck. Yeah, that was. So we had to rent a truck. We had to we had to find wood. We had to go buy some wood at Seven uh, <laughs> Eleven. We went up the mountains. Of, a bundle of sticks. Did we come back down to Seven Eleven to get wood? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because we, we needed wood for the fire. That's right. And then that bear thing. That bear. 
The that, bear got us? That bear with us. And then the crazy. ghost? Mm-hmm. The ghost. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, that was that was an adventure for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was, was a great crazy. one. Yeah, then that it was just spooky. I, I haven't <laughs> been able to sleep very well ever since. All of those scary stories. Have you quit Facebook yet? No, I haven't quit uh, Facebook. You're not scared yet enough yet. Yes. <laughs> I'll try to scare you some more. Yeah. They're working on it over yeah. at Facebook trying to get me spooked. Yep. We invented uh we invented a new sign off. We did. Do you remember the sign off from last episode? I do. I do. I'm, I'm super excited to do this episode just to do the sign off. That's why I'm here sitting right now. What, what's, 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 give us a sign off, Andy. Patrick, hands down, chicken up. <laughs>